back to the No Score Review Show, where we have in-depth critique and nuanced discussion of some of the latest movies, television, and video games. Lately, it's predominantly been movies, but uh, I think we are about due for another television show review. My name is Nick Green. I am your host. And today, we are reviewing Ahsoka, the latest Disney Plus exclusive Star Wars limited series if you want to call it that i guess um scott milne my i guess he's becoming my resident star wars fan reviewer uh to the Ooh. show so welcome back scott glad to have you back oh thanks for having me back again nick i always love being here and i always love having you i always love uh chatting up some star wars with you so uh the first part Absolutely. of this review will be spoiler free we won't get into any plot details or any uh, nitty gritty stuff uh, there will be an explicit warning for said spoilers uh, after we kind of give our general thoughts and expectations um, so uh, yeah Scott what are your general thoughts on Ahsoka or where where were you at kind of going into it um, I was going into it pretty positive um, kind of seeing that this was very much the Dave Filoni project um, and um, with a little bit of the teaser stuff showing off that it's just like, Hey, it's all your friends from rebels. <laughs> well, most of them are back. Right. Um, that that's where you see right away. It's just like, okay, yeah, no, like we're kind of getting into, uh, hopefully some resolution territory with kind of like a lot of stuff that happened through the clone wars and, uh, through rebels all around Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that he got into it pretty good so yeah yeah i kept sure. seeing yeah. around uh the interwebs that it was kind of being dubbed rebels season five um and i think that's probably a fairly apt description um i think it kind of does an okay job of standing on its own but because like i i watched mm-hmm. rebels i don't actually know if i finished it though because i don't remember <clears throat> lots of plot points that happen in this show that they reference I don't remember watching those in uh, Rebels itself, um, but I watched like the majority and like a lot of like the highlights and uh, whatnot or the big moments anyway. Um, yeah. So I was kind of coming into this more fresh faced, uh, I guess, than than kind of deeply ingrained. I would have loved to have done like yeah. a rewatch of everything uh, prior, but time. So um, yeah, it. Uh, I think it's definitely a good continuation of these characters, uh, especially like after Rebels and everything. And it's also just really cool seeing, I think they've done an excellent job of transitioning the Clone Wars and Rebels uh, characters into live action. I don't think there's really yeah. been a miss for me so far at all. Like even in character design, I think everyone looked pretty good. I don't think there was many oh, yeah. complaints for me. I think maybe the only one would be like the Grand Inquisitor, like in my head canon. That that's still just he looks just too different. <laughs> yeah, he he needs this much more head. Exactly. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's probably the worst defender, um, I would say. But everyone else made a great transition, both like just from a, a design standpoint and character standpoint. I think the performances are also really good. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah uh just general thoughts overall for the show i'm still kind of landing in the camp of like it's it's sort of like landing right in the middle for me it doesn't feel like required viewing personally but Mm -hmm. it's it's still good and it's still like much better than like a lot of the like not so great stuff we've got from disney um, especially yeah. like on the front of the shows with like Obi-Wan and Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah. So, and even like Mando season three, honestly, a little bit. Um, that's that's yeah. me personally, but what? what how do you feel um, about that? I mean, I, I definitely see that, right? Because if like we kind of think back to before Disney Plus started launching, I mean, you really did have like your core movie stuff. Mm-hmm. And then you did have like all your TV show stuff with like, Clone Wars and Rebels and one or two of the other ones. Yeah. And, you know, like at, at times you actually had even some people where they maybe only ever watch the shows or of course, maybe they only ever watch the movies. Mm-hmm. So it feels like we're still appealing to both of those separately. Um, now, if like you 
obsess over and watch both of them, then yeah, you're going to be picking up like on every little thing for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, definitely going into Ahsoka, like if, if you've never watched Rebels, then you're just always going to be like, who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? So, yeah. Um, but I, I like yourself. Um, actually, like I only recently watched all of Clone Wars and Rebels within like the last two years. Mm-hmm. So it's all still been pretty fresh in my head for that. Um, as opposed to, I mean, you, you kind of do for sure see those fan bases out there where it's just like, yeah, I know people have watched and rewatched and actually kind of really grew up with it. So mm-hmm. there is that larger attachment to some of those characters, even more so than maybe some like the movie characters. So, yeah. Um, and definitely going into like sort of like the villains of the show. I mean, unless you've watched any of that TV show stuff, you're you're not gonna know. All all, all you're gonna know is Empire, and that's maybe about it. Yeah, yeah. The Imperial remnants um, that are uh, left over from after Episode Six, um, but. Yeah the kind of looming threat of Thrawn is yeah. like a, a big mystery. If you're going in kind of blind, yeah. you, you just don't really have any context uh, unless you like, uh, yeah. unless we want to bring in like the Thrawn trilogy of books from way back when, right. And that's your only uh, well, exposure. To- or even like Thrawn legend stuff. Yeah. Because I would, I would say that Filoni, maybe more so draws his inspiration from like that older stuff mm-hmm. more so than even some of the newer stuff. I mean, obviously um, the Disney accepted Canon, I mean, is like that trilogy of books there, but I mean, you, you don't need to read those going into this show. Are like, those, like, at, are at those all. like official Canon or are those just like legacy books now? Cause I thought uh, Rebels was like the only Thrawn Canon we had now uh nope the that that new trilogy i mean it definitely did go like starting 2015 2016 yeah any any like uh printed published materials of star wars was well at the very least kind of accepted canon not that disney is paying too much attention to it right okay yeah i mean because um a lot of like the comic stuff mm-hmm. as well is accepted. And I mean, that's where actually like a lot of elements from like the Obi-Wan comic series you see incorporated into that TV show. Oh, as interesting. Well. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, like when they're on uh, whichever planet trying to escape from Vader initially. Right. Um, that stuff is actually lifted like pretty much right out of the comics hmm. there. Okay. So, um, but yeah, no going back. You don't you don't need to read or, you know, write a whole theological paper on Thrawn because <laughs> if if you like sit down and like just have an initial glance at like even like the Wikipedia for Thrawn. Right. And it's pages and pages <laughs> and pages and pages. Like no, like de- definitely like every minute of that guy's life has been recorded at this point. So, yeah. yeah. I think uh just kind of translating that back to the show as a whole i think it's definitely tailored way more towards uh like the longtime diehard fans um yeah like i don't know i don't know i guess i don't even know if ahsoka would appeal to people who aren't as like ingrained in right like i don't even know if that's their kind of target audience because like beyond like if you only ever watch like the uh, three seasons of Mando, then that would be your only exposure to Ahsoka, right? And I mean, they right. do name drop Thrawn there, so there's like that tiny nugget. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what kind of like if you were wanting to kind of take a chance on a on on a new uh, Star Wars show. Um, yeah. It it has tons of like uh, legacy characters, uh, a few like new characters here and there, some like really standout yeah. new characters. Um, oh yes, but uh, yeah, I would definitely say it's way more tailored toward the diehard diehard fans. There's a lot of like nostalgia and uh, like fan service. Yes. Um, yeah, but I think in terms of kind of just as an overall story and character, uh, like standpoint. 
I would say for me, it kind of stands in the middle for now. I am eager to watch it. It's going to be a matter of when I find the time to do so. Maybe before season two comes out or whatever is next uh, for yeah. this show and these characters. Um, but I am eager to rewatch it and just kind of see how it sits with me again. Because like with uh, Mando season one and two, I was I kind of look back on them a little more critically. Uh, but then I rewatched them uh, recently uh, for like Mando season three. And I absolutely love them now. So. Who knows? Yeah. Might yeah. Uh, might sit with me better with age. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my general thoughts. Any other quick notes before we, we dive in deep, Scott? Um No, I think that that's a that's a good precipice for us. Excellent. So this will be your official spoiler warning. I am going to do a, a blanket warning for not just Ahsoka, but Clone Wars uh and Rebels as well. I'll, I'll mention those two specifically, like kind of general spoilers for Star Wars, period. But um, yeah. like, have you, have you watched episode six? Have you heard of A New Hope? Because guess what? It's on the test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I'll, I'm just mentioning those two specifically just because kind of like you said earlier, Scott, not everyone uh, had had watched those shows like when they initially came out and everything. Um, yeah. So uh there will definitely be spoilers regarding that stuff um and obviously spoilers for ahsoka so uh pause the review here uh if you want to go check out the show for yourself um and then come on back once you want to dive in deep for the uh positives and negatives the highlights and lowlights so scott let's start Mm. let's start with some positives of ahsoka all right um Sorry, I just want to double check. Is it episode four? Uh, five. Uh, <laughs> ep- episode five. Yeah. Uh, it's the like highest basically, rated uh, episode on IMDb. Probably to no surprise. So. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we're talking about like the Anakin episode. Yep. Yeah. Where it's ah- Ahsoka is in um what is it um what what's that space called again um oh god I have no uh, idea. What is that uh, space called? Ones? I didn't know that yeah. had a name. It well, yes, because um, that's like the one space that Ezra visited before in Rebels as well. Oh, okay. See, uh, so see, this is where a lot of holes are going to come up in my knowledge and remembrance of Rebels. So yeah, um, okay, cool. But yeah, no, like that—that that was initially a space um, that. Um, I, th- I think Filoni came up and I think it was actually something as well. He initially pitched to George too. Um, I mean, just because like, especially when they, when he was doing Clone Wars and a lot of rebels, he still liked to kind of run stuff by, by George Lucas. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, he was way more involved as well. If I remember correctly, yeah. he was almost like an unofficial um, showrunner of those. Oh yeah. Um, but like going to like, yeah, like definitely this, like that, that space beyond, um, like, which is outside of time. And it, it's, it's really interesting because she is interacting with, um, definitely versions of Anakin, mm-hmm. but, but it, it isn't like force ghost Anakin still. Oh, okay. right. Because we, we never actually saw him as like his force ghost until like the very end there right. yes we're just dropping that final spoiler I, well, right away we're in spoiler territory so i mean yes no yeah. holds barred man let's get the yeah. anakin stuff um in the, in the open yeah um well because i i mean very much you can always continue to tell just which exact anakin we're talking to based obviously like on his regalia right you know we're we're going we go through like all sorts of variations of clone wars Mm -hmm. of course we see the vader suit one or two times which i mean you know even those flashes were like yeah the i think the like editing and effects work and like i mean all of it really but just like the framing of everything the like smash cuts yeah. between vader like, and clone wars anakin like yeah. it was just um, like so cool. especially like to your point with framing i mean when 
they're in the fight and she's on the ground and like the camera's down in like that sort of looking up and just as he comes approaching on it's just basically no nah, this is like this is very much echoes of vader and guess what vader like there, there's a reason why vader is still identified as being like one of the baddest of bad guys all the time mm-hmm. so and um, one of my favorite parts just little little moments we finally get red lightsaber anakin in live action yeah like that too that i am so happy about that because like i'm one of the yeah. people that kind of wishes he had a red lightsaber at some point before like a full vader transition but yeah but yeah we finally got that and i mean just like like i said before uh the um uh, animated to live action transition like this this is yes. full like going full tilt with it man like we finally get live action yeah. clone like mark ii clone troopers again oh yes uh, like which was awesome to see run. right uh well we also yeah. even get mark three again because it jumps between time periods right um we get yeah. captain rex finally too which was so cool finally. um yeah, yeah it was it was an unreal episode and like the performances Hayden Christensen again, amazing, but he was also able to like channel uh clone wars Anakin as well. Like right. Fantastically too. Which, right? yeah, which, you know, definitely when you look at a lot of behind the scenes stuff, that was something he kept on mentioning. He was very present on mind with, mm-hmm. um, and like why he like watched a lot of that stuff and observed that performances because it's just like, okay, like, this is like some some light stuff that like he touched on in episode three Mm -hmm. but obviously that's you know all basically by the end of the war stuff yeah um so him having to like kind of drop into like the middle of it and being like the whole hey snips how you doing and Mm -hmm. all that sort of stuff right was was something that he as like a performer had never done before so yeah exactly it's basically an entirely new character almost yeah yeah, that that episode part five was great. I I have recommended to a couple people that like if they only check out one episode, that that is probably the one to check out. Um, if right, you want to yeah. see some amazing it, like just Clone yeah. Wars stuff, especially if you really do care about that dynamic between Anakin and Ahsoka. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's just like yeah, no, watch watch that because it's going to have all sorts of great resolutions and a lot of like obviously great callbacks to it i mean that initial line of um her saying i won't fight you mm-hmm. and then him calling back i've heard that before yep you yep. know very recently he's heard that before yep. <laughs> in very the timeline recently. of it all i mean that 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 very much gets you because i mean if if you know for those of you out there watch the video who don't know it i mean that's uh luke's line to him when he's fighting vader in episode six mm-hmm. That was on the test. See, he didn't lie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. uh, That, yeah, that was definitely the standout episode. Um, Yeah. Just so cool seeing how well it transitioned to live action. Um, Yeah. And just like getting the whole gamut of it, right? Like um, young Ahsoka, like very young single lightsaber Ahsoka, right? We get green blades, yeah. we get blue blades, we get white blades, we get the whole thing, right? Um, right, yeah. So, yeah, that was just uh, an awesome, I mean, like, the most fan servicey episode of them all, for sure. But also, like, it yeah. had some, like, emotional weight behind it, too. I was a little, very, uh, very much. I was a little hesitant. I kind of talked with you with this briefly, Scott, about that episode being confused as to what it actually meant for the grand scheme of the show. Um, Yeah. Cause I was just like, wait, so why, why is she seeing Anakin here? And like, why, what's the point of him showing up? Uh, But it's like, it's to do with her kind of taking the leap in becoming a master. Right. Cause like in Mando season two, she was very much against the idea of training Grogu and then beginning of Ahsoka, oh, yeah. she's like still kind of like distant from yeah, Sabine. Which, right, which I mean, now that hole as well has been filled a little bit. It's just like, oh, she would not train Goku, Rogu 
because in her mind and eyes, she failed as a master with Sabine. Right. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah that was another right, uh, so, blind spot uh, with rebels. Cause like, I don't remember that dynamic or interaction at all. In fact, I might not yeah. even have even seen it if that was like more in season four uh, or something. Oh yeah. No, like it was definitely late seasons. Okay. Um, of uh of a uh, training sabine yeah um yeah like definitely season four or f- five or no yeah, season four sorry um is it around the time when like ezra and sabine train together like when sabine's using the dark saber uh oh yeah no i mean that makes sense right well like yeah like they they i think it's both her and kanan um we're helping her with that Gotcha. Um, just because obviously it is a Jedi's weapon, mm-hmm. um, but it needs, you know, a Jedi's training in order to wield and not just simply like a Mandalorian's. Right. Um, but um, obviously, it, yes, like her force powers kind of awakened a little bit. I mean, she was definitely never going to be anywhere near the levels of like Anakin or Obi-Wan or anything like that. I mean, but like she's definitely still was force sensitive enough right yeah um and i think i think that's definitely you know uh calling back to like what anakin's kind of final lesson as we'll call it with with ahsoka is just it's like i mean he very much boils it down to just live or die um and in which like i mean the subtext behind it is almost endless right Mm -hmm. um because I've been reading online as well, it's just basically it's like, oh, this is him actually maybe also exercising his power on on saving the ones he loves, mm-hmm. right? Um, and it's it's definitely you know really teaching uh, Ahsoka that she needs to live and like be in more so in the moment and not really be so hung up on her mistakes of the past, right? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, so the like that episode had uh, a a good amount like of emotional weight behind it too, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, it, it doesn't doesn't just feel like empty fan service. And really, I don't think any there might be a couple things that I'm like misremembering, uh, in terms of the fan service for the whole show uh, that was more on the hollow side. But I think it was pretty consistently like in service of something more than just like, Hey, look at this character that, you know, from this show or this movie. Right. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah. (laughs) So yeah. Uh, Let's now that we've kind of covered our Anakin bases. um, Yeah. Just kind of do some more overall spoilery highlights and or lowlights. I mean, I'll, I'll jump in right away uh, with um, our quote unquote Sith duo in this show yeah uh dark jedi right dark jedi yeah i think that's more so what what they're being called yeah you know they're not 100 percent sith but um well because i mean i mean you know uh especially during the empire era if if they're if they had called themselves sith they would have been struck down so right yeah um but definitely, yeah, Balin and Shin. Balin and Shin, though, those were probably yeah. the standout characters for me in this show. Um, everything, like, I mean, performances first and foremost. Like, I, it's it'll be said time and time again that I will be sad that, uh, like, from from everybody in the Star Wars community, but just like, oh, yeah. especially with how the show ends. And knowing that Balin's story isn't finished yet, it's like... Oh, big time. It's so, so unfortunate that we don't get to see more of Ray, St- Ray Stevenson because that man just brought it for this character. He Oh, he's oh yeah. Arg- he, he commanded the entire screen while you were watching. Yeah, absolutely. He, yeah. he is probably one of the best like Disney era, like new characters to be introduced. And honestly, Shin Hati as well, his apprentice was amazing. She, yeah. she didn't have um, nearly as much uh, just kind of interactions. She was more, she was quite silent for most of the show, but I like, yeah. I think she was still like excellent. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing more of her, especially with her, how her uh, kind of characters left off. Um, yeah 
So, yeah, I I well, love Balin and Shin. Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, that's going to be the interesting thing going into season two is that, you know, in the uh, the other galaxy, you know, like the four people left on the planet are the Masters and the Apprentices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so see, seeing how they're maybe going to like develop and rival each other. I mean, that, that was definitely like the big overarching thing as well is just like, oh, yes, here's Balin and his apprentice and it very much goes he he is the master and she is like the padawan who's learning whereas you know between ahsoka and sabine it's just like we really need to resolve things among ourselves Mm -hmm. if we're you know gonna develop ourselves so right yeah well they they ahsoka and sabine's relationship also feels a little more like uh uh like a level playing field for lack of a better term, yeah. rather than that, like, um, uh, position of power and like, like master and learner type, uh, relationship, you know, yeah. they feel, they feel a little bit more even with each other, which is, uh, maybe why they're butting heads so much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, Balin and Shin were fantastic. Like their, their costume designs were so cool. They're like fight choreography, like Balin's just sheer power, yeah. Like not only right. like was like his performance commanding, but like physically he commanded the screen. His fight with oh, yeah. Ahsoka in that little like dome area, map area was yeah. fantastic. Um, it really was. Yeah, that was probably one of the highlights for me for this show. Uh, and I I am saddened that we won't get more of Ray, but I am still very much looking forward to seeing more of Balin and Shin, if only to see what the hell they're going to do regarding the statue, or I guess it's more Balin, but regarding the statues at the end uh, on that Ooh, world. Yeah. Um, right. Very intriguing. Well, and and, and I, I mean, that that's definitely, you know, helping build a lot more awesome mystery of like the relationship with like, obviously uh, the father and then uh, the daughter and son. Um, But then also like them and like their whole business with the force and it expanding just simply beyond the galaxy. Mm -hmm. It's like the whole universe. And then as well, of course um, with like the, um, uh, the witches of Dathomir. The night sisters. And Night Sisters, yes. I almost called them Dark Sisters, but that was wrong. So yeah. Um Yeah. Which I I mean that that was actually like another great thing to see was or another awesome translation from totally uh cartoon to live action is them using their powers to then manifest like, you know, undead troopers oh, then. Yeah. Undead troopers yeah. were so cool. Uh although I do have a gripe with that scene specifically of like they are undead like it's cool and everything but like there are three of you with like like i don't know whatever molten hot blades that you can cut them in half like it's just so like that was pushed a little bit to like the edge of like suspension of disbelief of like why is nobody cutting limbs off to stop them like what what are we doing here right it's just so unfortunate I, I think it's because they just wanted to let the final blow of that all really land a little bit better when Ezra cut the head off. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess that's true. But, but I mean, yeah, no, like definitely it should have been a no holds bar. Yeah. At that <laughs> yeah. point. So <laughs> no excuses. There's three of you and like one of them has two blades. Like it's like, just start chopping, man. Um, but yeah, night sister yeah. stuff was so cool. Very well executed and translated uh i loved the like resonating voice effect that all of them had uh with the oh yeah uh whenever they were talking because i mean uh that's something we haven't seen since clone wars with like maul and stuff yeah exactly with with, like them on dathomir and everything so it's kind of seeing that here again all these years later was awesome Mm -hmm. yeah um they were excellent. Uh, do we want to talk about the Rebels uh, gang? Let's talk about the Rebels sure. gang. Their uh, Chopper was amazing as always. <laughs> yep. Here, here, here. <laughs> he, he was literally almost before the courts himself. Yeah. So. Yeah. He had to, he had a uh, hold me back moment at the, in the final episode in the cold open. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, that was honestly like kind of just talking about favorite episodes that actually might've been episode two might've been one of the higher up episodes for me as well, just because of that yeah. scene alone between chopper and Hera. Uh, and Hera, yeah, like that was so well done. I love his little compartment on the outside of the ship that he's looking for his stuff. <laughs> Did you take yeah. my stuff? <laughs> so good, so good, yeah, fantastic, <laughs> yeah. But the whole the whole Rebels crew, I thought was great. Like, uh, uh, yeah. Mary Mary Elizabeth Winstead, Elizabeth. yeah, yeah, uh, as Hera was fantastic. Natasha Bordizo as Sabine, like excellent. Um, yeah, was Hu Yang in Rebels at all, or he's? he's uh, I I think I think so. Um, okay. I think for just a couple episodes. I mean, he wasn't like a regular part, right? More, I I guess he would have just shown up with like Ahsoka as well right. from time to time, okay. but that would have been answered. Um, yeah. there 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 was definitely one absentee throughout. Right, Zeb. Oh Zeb, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause yeah. um uh what's his name? I mean the Jedi K- dude. Kanan got Kanan? vaporized. Kanan so. got vaporized, yeah. okay, yeah. So So that it was kind of impossible for him to return. Not that not that yeah. like Freddie Prince Jr. really could make that transition. Um I know there was like a couple news articles talking about I think it was him that was saying like he didn't want to return. Uh oh, okay. but like, I mean, given the context of what happens to his character, it's not really possible anyway. Um, but then also yeah. the thing of like, he looks nothing like his Star Wars character. So that would have been a yeah. tough one as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, Zeb's absence was definitely felt. I, I would have loved to see him as well. It's it's weird that we get like three seconds of him in Mando season three, but not in Ahsoka at all. Yeah. Well, and and that was like one thing I kept wondering about, right? Because we kept on seeing his commander in a bunch of scenes, but then never him. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. But but then of course, funny enough, I I mean, what if it? What is it? His one wingmate is Dave Filoni. So <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think he was also um, <clears throat> that must have been yeah. Filoni's character in that same uh, bar or whatever that Zeb was in. So. They're, they're yeah, moving yeah. along as a group, it seems, more or less. Yeah. Um, yeah, the whole the whole Rebels crew, um, Iman Esfandi, I think is how you say his name, as Ezra Bridger was great. Yeah. I thought he was yes. hilarious. He had some great moments. Um, oh, yeah. His, seeing his, like, force powers developed as well was awesome. Um, oh, yeah. And then that little uh, lightsaber building moment in the finale was was excellent as well. Oh, a nice little yeah. callback. Fantastic. And I, I saw yeah. a Reddit, Reddit post saying, I love how they canonized the thin blade from Rebels being yeah. with the narrow <laughs> emitter, right? Yeah. So and, and it, it was interesting that um, or I think I think he actually did all like say it how when he was doing that building, how uh, Hu Yang when they were talking about Kanan mm-hmm. also make sure to re- reference him as Caleb as well. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they mentioned that, that that's in who, uh, uh, bad batch. Yeah. Um, because that, that's who, who Yang would have originally known him as right. was him as kid Caleb. Mm-hmm. So, and not rebel Kanan. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was a nice, nice little uh, touch there for sure. Um, yeah. I would say, uh, I mean, it's hard to go wrong with chopper. Uh, he was definitely probably my favorite returning character. Um, and I hope yeah. we, we get more of him in the seasons and uh, movies to come. Um, wow. but uh, David Tennant's Hu Yang was also great. Uh, oh, he yeah. was probably one of the highlights as well. Like the droids in this show, they uh, like say what honestly, this like is fairly consistent for all of the Disney era stuff. Like, say what you will of the varying degrees of quality. I think the droids are pretty freaking consistent throughout all Disney Star Wars stuff, honestly. Like, even Rise of Skywalker, Um, the new droid there is all right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, And definitely we had our nice cameo with C-3PO. Yeah, yeah, that was was very unexpected. 
uh, the so Deus Ex he, he, uh, he, <laughs> protocol droid. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a good moment. Putting that yeah. uh, sentence well, in place. And, and, and definitely like a way for them to kind of cheat around having Leia in it. Without, yeah. You know. Yeah, because I'm sure having... like if uh, Carrie Fisher was still around, they might have like tried to like squeeze her in for a quick cameo, which would have been cool. Um, yeah. Although I don't know how it would have worked uh, just time wise and with Carrie's age and everything. But yeah, yeah, that 3PO moment was kind of nice. Definitely like not as hollow as some other like a uh, Rogue One where he just shows up randomly. Right. Um, oh, yeah, it was a nice moment and helped kind of develop that little subplot there between uh, Hera and the council and everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The the Rebels crew uh showed up and uh like performed well um what else uh we kind of touched on the dark jedi already uh quick shout out i guess to maroc maroc i don't know how you pronounce it but the the one inquisitor uh dude that ahsoka fights um with like oh the night, yeah nightly uh regalia yeah who like everybody was hoping was star killer yeah, yeah everyone was theorizing somehow in disguise to high hell yeah yeah that was so because because i mean uh what was it it's like in the credits for episode one and two he did like additional voices oh stuff, yeah but, yeah 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 um but no he's not there as like star killer or anybody else yeah everyone wants star killer back <laughs> yeah <laughs> um Oh, another uh, Clancy Brown, another Rebels uh, character reprising his uh, his role, if only for a brief moment. Oh, yeah. It's cool to see him again. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you have any other... Do you have any uh, big lowlights of the show, actually? We've kind of been uh, nothing but praise for the most part. I mean, probably one of the initial things that catches you off guard is um, expecting Sabine to have been dead at the beginning. Oh, when she really? got lightsabered. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the, like, yeah. Yeah, the... Because... <laughs> yeah, there's been a high... The, like, curve. If you look at, like, a bar graph or something, the curve of people getting stabbed, like, post-Disney acquisition, but also surviving, <laughs> has, like, skyrocketed. Yeah. Right? Because, you know, maybe not quite as fatal as what happened to Qui-Gon, but... You know, that was still... Yeah. At the very least, like, she maybe shouldn't have been able to, like, get up as quickly. Like, maybe give her one or two yeah. more episodes in recovery mode. She, she, yeah, bounced back very quick, yeah. so... Yeah, which then argues the point of, like, well, then what was the point? I saw a really good, uh like, um idea of, like... Because it was kind of attached to a tangent of the lack of dismemberment, um in uh disney era and not as many hands yeah. getting chopped off could have easily yeah. like just chopped one of her hands off and then give her the like metal glove or whatever um and continue that tradition on um that would have right, been right, with, with, a little bit yeah. more uh viable maybe because like luke gets his pretty quickly after uh getting it chopped off right yeah but if you're talking actual you know masters and apprentices it seems like it's it should skip every generation (laughs) right yeah Yeah. it's hereditary (laughs) but it skips a generation yeah (laughs) um how about uh rosario dawson you want to talk about her a little bit i i think she warmed up to me like by the end of the show Mm -hmm. um and maybe it's just a matter of i need to like just rewatch everything like again I don't remember how she was in Rebels. Uh, Ahsoka, not yeah. Rosario. Um, but let, just like, because I did rewatch Clone Wars recently and like I'm more, I have the like scrappy, uh, like snippy um, Ahsoka, younger Ahsoka uh, in my yeah. head more freshly. So I'm kind of expecting that more, but like I do understand like she's grown since then. She's become a master in a sense right and like a fully developed yeah. gray jedi and everything so she's not going to be as like as much of a smart ass or whatever she's going to have a little bit more like stoicism and gravitas oh, yeah. to her um i mean i mean having 
gone through two major wars or conflicts <laughs> within her lifetime. Right. I mean, yeah, like de- definitely she'll have been uh, v- very matured and yeah. um, a-, 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 a lot more um, Maybe focused and a little bit less brash. Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I think uh, she she did a a decent job. I I will say, it it's it's not. I th- feel like they've kind of had this problem in the past with like Obi Wan and Boba Fett a couple times, of like, uh, it the the show's called Ahsoka, but like it doesn't. It's not like solely focused on her. Like it does feel like it's it. It has a a wide um, uh, variety of like characters they're focusing yeah. on. Um, so like, like with that in mind, I think her kind of her character's arc of kind of like letting go of her past and kind of embracing that role of master with Sabine. Yeah, <clears throat> I think it maybe could have used a little bit more uh, fleshing out, and I would have loved some more scenes between her and Sabine. Uh, just kind of developing that relationship a, a little bit more, if only yeah. just for maybe the people who a like don't know their past at all, or b just aren't as like up to speed, or like ha- it's been a while for them, and just kind of reestablishing that dynamic a little bit more. I think I would have loved at least one more episode, honestly, like almost like yeah. a bottle episode of them like being stuck on the ship or something and having to figure out something together. Um, right. Because I think at most we just got like one scene where like they were training together. Yeah. And Sabine really got frustrated. So Yeah. Because probably for her, it felt like almost nothing had changed since like the last time they ever tried to train. Yeah. So. Yeah. And I think, <clears throat> I think uh, probably part of the problem with that is I imagine like Filoni and team are probably trying to at the same time get things moving plot wise yeah. and like get them to where they need to be to get to Thrawn and Ezra and everything. Right. Um, right. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, that's something <clears throat> I think that can be lacking a lot of times in the star Wars, the Disney star Wars stuff is the character moments and the, like the slowing down and just like sitting with characters and getting to know them a little bit more and developing those relationships. Yeah. Um, so because I mean that that was the nice thing that we got with like especially Mandalorian season one, yeah. When when at the beginning, like you know, sure he doesn't really know what to do do with Grogu, mm-hmm. so he's still just kind of doing just like his missions and his jobs. And like, there's no kind of overarching drive just yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so then it's then giving us then that lot that time then to like really figure out who. Uh, uh, Jinjar and, and Grogu are. Yeah. So. Well, and it's and really like you have side characters here and there popping up each episode, but it's those two the entire show, right? And we get yeah. little snippets each episode, kind of building on top of everything we learn with each subsequent episode, right? Um, like if it yeah. was just Ahsoka and Sabine, with like doing a couple things here and there. Uh, then that maybe could have echoed that kind of dynamic a little bit more or like just Mm -hmm. fleshed their relationship out a little bit more. Um, The more focus you have on less characters, then I think it's easier to uh, be able to develop them that way because you don't really have a choice because those are your only characters. But I do hope we get (laughs) to see a little bit more of that going forward and, and that it's not just in Filoni's head. It's like, they're all better. <laughs> They're fixed, right? right? Moving on. Yeah. I would like to see a little bit well, more of that. Um that that's probably also like one of the big things comparing I mean cuz this was very much like his series like through and through. I so mean, his with creation, stuff like right? <laughs> like the character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um um but like previously when it was like, okay, like Ahsoka and just rebel stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, that's where like he was doing it on like the old cable TV format where it's just like, I got 22 minutes yeah, totally. to get through totally. stuff. But then on the flip side, it's just like, okay, I got 22 minutes, but then I also have like 20 episodes to run throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Whereas here it's just like, okay, like we have windows to get through story, but like, I only am going to have like 10 episodes mm-hmm. to do here. So, yeah. Um, 
so that's where it's just like i gotta be concise with stuff and really get stuff through especially when it's like episode one it's just like cool a map has been found to thrawn right and so like it's already off to the races with that mm-hmm. so yeah yeah for sure uh fantastic segue scott because i think now is time for us to talk about thrawn uh we've talked about okay. basically every other character so i think uh yeah let's let's get into thrawn's reintroduction which man yeah. what a what a stage that has been set right oh yeah like that entrance yeah. was so cool i love 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 the design of his ship and his like battalion and everything um yeah so cool i i mean when you know when he's been with like the same battalion i mean even getting into his backstory like he is all about um having the having the actual loyalty of his um soldiers Mm -hmm. and everything um and just seeing them just you know obviously it's been you know a decade ish or so mm-hmm. i don't know five five or I, I forget where we kind of place the timeline at with stuff but just you know obviously them being trapped on the outskirts there for so long and just needing to survive for so long mm-hmm. um de- definitely would have made it so like they are very much a lot closer together totally. and definitely have all utmost loyalty which i mean for sure is probably like why all of like the empire remnants were so desperate to look for him and get back to him because mm-hmm. they, 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 they knew, I mean, yeah, like the whole heir to the empire thing is very, very transparent here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, like once again, the transition from animation to live action was amazing. I'm so glad they brought back Lars for this role. Uh, Cause oh, yeah. he did just as well a job uh, in live action. Uh, he commanded the screen, uh, much like um, Ray Stevenson did. Uh, yeah, I would have just like uh, how his own real life brother did. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so the viewers out there who may not know, yeah, like it's it's Lars Mickelson who is Thrawn. Yeah, and his brother Mads Mickelson is Jin Urso in Rogue One. Or so. no, uh, Galen Urso. <laughs> Get Galen Urso. Yes, sorry. <laughs> he is Jin Urso. He's leading the attack. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's the creator of of jenner yeah 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 Yeah. um no he was amazing i loved loved every a minute of him and i'm so glad we're gonna get more of him uh in like yeah presumably a season two and then whatever uh feloni's yeah feature film is gonna be yeah um so that that was one thing that i was kind of thinking a lot more towards like the end it's just like okay like where where does kind of ahsoka really land by the end because definitely at the very beginning it's just like okay this is really starting out kind of like rebels like we're getting all back together with all of our rebel friends Mm -hmm. catching up with them and then like when we get to the anakin it's just like okay we're a lot more like clone wars here Mm -hmm. where it's just calling back on that and her you know kind of needing to be soldier like again but then by the very end when it's just like yeah thrawn's return to power and everything that's where it sort of hit me it's just like oh we're kind of like landing in empire strikes back territory yeah yeah. where it's it's very much you know like it's the dark forces have the upper hand with everything here i mean everything is going according to their plans so and it's going to be kind of up to you know the heroes of like you know new republic and of like the force and everything to you know maybe kind of strike back yeah you know in uh season two of ahsoka yeah i think that kind of ties in what I wanted to say about like Thrawn's like introduction and just kind of how they handled him in this show is that I think while I did love like pretty much everything uh, that I saw of him, I would have still liked to see. Okay. We're back. Bit of technical issues there. We lost uh, Scott's camera for a moment there, Um, but we're all back and ready to go again Uh, where I was, uh, left off was just talking about how I do wish we got a little bit more uh, just kind of evidence of Thrawn's like threat level. I was like, looking back, I don't really think we got much kind of stakes implemented uh, in terms of like what they're going to lose because uh, mm-hmm. like, no, no major characters died or 
even got injured, I don't think. Um, the 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 Pergil, I think. Is that what the, the crab creatures yeah. were? Uh, the, 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 those are the whales, yeah. Oh, the Pergil are the whales. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but the, the crab creatures they find that were with Ezra, like they don't get like destroyed or anything or killed no. off. Um, yeah. So there's not, there wasn't a ton of like uh, losses on their side by the end of um, the season, which leads me into kind of what you were saying, Scott, is that's what I hope to see like right away with season two is start like once kind of Thrawn and the Night Sisters get set back up on Dathomir and everything or whatever that looks like uh, that we really start seeing like New Republic tries to go in. They kind of underestimate what Thrawn is all about. And then he yeah. just starts decimating like ships yeah. and like I as weird as it sounds, I do hope we get some like major losses uh, to just like because that's been another thing. Uh, with like the Star Wars and Marvel stuff that comes out lately yeah. is like just a lack complete lack of stakes because like people just seem to have some sort of plot armor the entire time and like I'm right there with you Star Wars fans like I love these characters but like it's just not an intriguing or engaging story if like we yeah. don't have some level of like crazy stakes you know um, like that that's that's how you get like masterful storytelling and like truly engaging plot and stakes overall is uh like just start killing people yeah. off and like decimating ships yeah i mean i think that's where mandalorian season three kind of fared a little bit better because mm-hmm. some mandalorians actually died and like some like one mandalorian that you liked at least oh yeah kicked the bucket yeah, yeah. as well yeah mm-hmm. um so I, I i think that was definitely a little bit of a 180 there was that yeah like you definitely had like all like this fighting and injury going down in there but then going to ahsoka and it's just like oh we're still kind of writing off of rebels where you never saw that stuff in rebels i mean it was even like their mandate that you know the that rebels group wasn't about killing or anything you know like they mm-hmm. were definitely definitely your pg rebellion fighters <laughs> yeah, um causing havoc that's about it yeah um i mean you, you did see a little bit, bit of that change in Ahsoka when, yeah, no, like they're cutting down like uh, his night troopers and everything initially. Right. Yeah, Not yeah. once, but twice. Um, but yeah. still definitely no dismembering. So, but it definitely will be interesting coming back where it's just like, okay, yeah, like with Thrawn's returning and if he's going to restore the Empire, like it, he's going to be doing some fights against the New Republic who yeah. by their own testament are having a rough enough go as it is trying to bring, <laughs> you know, uh, order back to like the galaxy once again. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. And like, just even like calling back to our brief discussion on like Sabine's, uh, minor flesh wounds, <laughs> uh, yeah. like that. I, it would be nice if they started embracing. Cause like joke, we joke about it, but like losing a limb actually can serve as like, like perfect symbol of like the sacrifices or the like damage you've taken on as a person. Yeah. Right? Like it's a constant reminder. I mean, you know, I mean, and that's like Vader's the, whole shtick. Exactly. The original yeah. trilogy. Luke has that moment where he like realizes, Oh, I have a mechanical hand like my dad. And yeah. like there's, there's layers to it. And I, I really hope they, like start impl- implementing that more and not just kind of that like surface level um, plot of just kind of bringing all of these like beloved characters together to show some cool Star Wars imagery. And, but then that's about it. Like I, I really hope they're able to like uh, get to a point where they delve deep into like more like nuanced character stuff and like more just like compelling stories and everything right um so yeah not not putting too much of high hopes with like ahsoka and whatever is next going forward but a man can dream right (laughs) um yeah so i think uh i don't know do you have any other big highlights or lowlights scots i i feel like we covered a lot i I think yeah no i think that covers it pretty well i would say uh, i know we kind of talked about this pre-recording of using this outline but i haven't looked at it once this entire show (laughs) um 
but yeah like i think the eight episodes like as as middling as the show was for me as a whole eight episodes i think was pretty good i think they utilized that time pretty well yeah um the uh like all the characters i think the the performances behind the characters i think were really well done uh if only if only were lacking maybe a little bit uh more character work that i was hoping for between some of the characters yeah um and then just like introducing a little bit more stakes hopefully for going forward oh, yeah. um i am sad that we won't get uh ray stevenson back uh but i am see uh excited to see where uh Balin and Shin's stories go forward because those were the definite highlight characters for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I I'll uh, let Scott take the the Shadow Warrior episode as his favorite. I get my favorite would probably be the the second episode. It was a pretty pretty cool lightsaber fight between Ahsoka and Marak, and then yeah. the fantastic ship battle with Hera and Chopper. Yeah. Uh, was a standout for me as well. Um, I also thought that just the naming of all the episodes was pretty spectacular as well. Yeah, like yeah, like what, like for the final episode when it's like when it's the Jedi, the Witch, and the Warlord. Yeah, <laughs> I straight love up C.S. Lewis, right? Right, <laughs> but but it fit perfect. So totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, just one random uh, high or low light, I guess. It's just like a okay. gripe. I wish we got more Sabine jetpack. I'll just say, oh that. yeah, I would have loved that more. Although that would have really uh, threw a wrench into the whole. They do like... that now. <laughs> I know, right? Like that would have solved the whole scene between her and Ezra trying to get aboard the ship, right? <coughs> yeah. Oh well. Um, yeah, that's kind of where uh, me and Scott land with Ahsoka. Looking oh, yeah. forward to seeing more and how they develop this kind of Thrawn thread through uh, the, yeah. the future Star Wars projects. Um, loved the transition from animation to live action for all of the characters yeah. and everything. Because um, like, I'm curious because I think one of the projects that's still in development is Skeleton Crew. Yeah, I believe so. As far so as I... I'm, I'm wondering if you know what's all been happening here is going to be tying into that. Yeah, as could well. Be. So and or um or uh sorry, not not necessarily skeleton true. I I think I'm talking about Rangers of the New Republic. Rangers of the I don't think I've heard of that. Is that a new announcement or anything or something? Um, like I think during like one of the because there the, was uh there was the X Wing show that got canned. I think. I mean, that's a whole other thing as Rogue well. Squadron is, or whatever yeah um i think that was the show that got canned oh i I think that's it i think that yeah that got canned oh oh okay yeah sorry um but yeah i think i think skeleton crew is maybe supposed to be part of new republic era here so and then i think acolyte will be our next thing on the slate in terms of timeline um but that's gonna be like jumping way back and it's gonna yeah seemingly be its own thing uh, like I think it's hundreds of years before Phantom Menace takes place, so we'll finally right, get yeah. some High Republic era stuff. That that's the big exciting thing with that show is that like, hey, we're kind of really going back to like a canonical pre episode one time. Yeah, or I guess pre now Tales of the Jedi time. So <laughs> yeah, because so, they hey. kind of usurped that a little bit. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Man, this timeline is getting screwed up. Let me tell you. <laughs> Remember when it was six movies and that's it? Boy, do I. <laughs> uh, okay. Well, that is where we will wrap up our review for Ahsoka. Uh, please let us know what you thought of the show down in the comments below, or you can tag mm-hmm. us on the socials. Um, Scott, where can the people find you? You can find me uh, at Scottimus7, wherever there is a socials platform for it. So fantastic um mostly on twitter these days so yeah cool come find me on my jokes on there (laughs) all right and you can find me wherever you're listening to or watching this episode of the no score review show 
Uh, recent reviews include uh, Gareth Edwards uh, tying it back to Star Wars, the Rogue One director's new sci-fi action adventure movie, The Creator. Uh, you can go check that out. That's a solo review from me. Uh, so you can go check out my thoughts on that. Uh, now is the time of the spookies for this year. It is October Ooh. as of recording this. Um, so I've got tons of horror movie reviews and a franchise review of the Conjuring franchise, as well as uh, I will have a Friday the 13th franchise and review coming uh, since we have one of those this October, which is very exciting. I'm going to recap all of those movies. Um, in terms of upcoming stuff, I will hopefully try and uh, do a review for Loki season two, because that just premiered recently as of this recording. Um, and then, uh, yeah, just more spooky movies coming in October. Exorcist Believer, I still want to try and go see and review. Maybe even Saw X if I have the time. Um, Scorsese's new movie, Killers of the Flower Moon, will be getting a review as well. Uh, and then Five Nights at Freddy's is the last thing on the docket uh, at the end of the month. So lots of stuff coming to the channel uh, in the coming days and weeks. So be sure to keep an eye out on YouTube or your favorite podcast listening service. Uh, otherwise, you can find me on all the socials and on Letterboxd at No Score or at No Score Reviews. Uh, thank you all so much for watching and listening. Scott, thank you once again for joining me to talk Star Wars. And Thanks we'll for always all. having me, Nick in the next review. Bye-bye. <laughs>